our guiding scripture for the day comes from the evangelist in the first letter of John, 1 John chapter 4. Some of these words may sound familiar. We read a few of these verses a couple of weeks ago, but we are expanding the reading today so that we might hear and experience a fuller picture of who God is and God's love for us. So hear now the words from 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we loved God because but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. This is how we know we remain in him and he remains in us because he has given us a measure of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If any of us confess that Jesus is God's Son, God remains in us and we remain in God. We have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God. And God remains in them. Well, today, as we begin a new month together, we also begin a new sermon series together that I've titled The Wisdom of Wesley. We are going to be looking at some of those things that the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, had to say back when he was alive and preaching and teaching and how those might translate into wisdom for us here and now. A little background on John Wesley. I know we are all not cradle Methodists, and even if we are, we may not have, you know, John Wesley's life story down perfectly. Uh, so John Wesley lived from 1703 to 1791. He was uh, ordained an Anglican priest, right, in the Church of England, and, and went about his life preaching and teaching the Word of God. He was an evangelist at heart and would go and preach the good news wherever and whenever he could, which led him a lot of times to be preaching outside. He would find a, a tree stump, stand up on it, and begin to preach the gospel. He traveled to the New World, to the, to the States, to America, to bring the good news here, actually landing in, in Georgia. And you can see a lot of the Wesley Methodist history if you travel down to St. Simon's and a lot of his great work and evangelism that happened there. One of the great things about uh, having Wesley as, as our founder is he was a prolific writer. And so we have so much of his writings. We have his diaries um, and we have collections of his sermons. And today we're going to look at one of those sermons. It was a sermon that he preached in 1750. It was called The Catholic Spirit. Now Wesley's sermons are required reading for those of us who are going to be Methodist ministers. 
And, you know, I don't know that it would be such a bad idea if all of us who were Methodists took a look at some of what Wesley had to say. Because although he preached it 270 years ago, there's still some wisdom left for us. Now, in this sermon in the Catholic spirit, Wesley references passages from the Bible, like the one from 1 John that we read today, and other passages centering on love. God's call to us as followers of Christ to love God and to love each other. And he begins his sermon outlining this element of faith that is crucial to who we are as Christians, that we must love as God loves. And as he outlines all of this and pulls in all the biblical examples for it, he says this, all men approve of this, that we are to love as God loves, but do all men practice it? Daily experience shows the contrary. Like I said, maybe we could benefit from some of these words of Wesley. That we all can agree that love is at the core of our faith, that loving God, loving each other is who we are. But do all men practice it? I'm afraid we might answer the same way Wesley does, that daily experience proves the contrary. Our experiences of love sometimes seem lacking, lacking in the ways we experience love from other people. And if we are honest, we too might be lacking in the way we share love with others. Now, as Wesley goes on to to preach about this commandment to love and our failure to do so, he focuses primarily on the issues that were facing the church in his times, some of those particular specific things that the 18th century church was struggling with. And he points to kind of two larger themes, modes of worship and doctrinal practices. How we were to worship, what style, what music, what kind of liturgy, and how we practice what we believe, right? Do we Baptized infants or baptized as believers? Do we write out our prayers and, and plan them very intricately? Or can we pray extemporaneously? What do we say about predestination? And are we all called to Christian perfection? Again, he was preaching in 1750, and yet some of these arguments continue today. Now, Wesley, he had very clear beliefs on what was right. You could ask him, what do you believe? And he would be sure to tell you straight away. He knew what he believed was right. But he didn't use this sermon to try and convince people that what he believed was right and what they believed was wrong. Instead, he named the arguments, and then he proceeded to preach, not on what was right or wrong, but on what he called a Catholic spirit. Yes, 
Yes, there may be disagreements among us, but can we all agree that together we are called to be a people of faith? Can we agree that we are to love and that that is our grounding, that is our foundation, that can bring us together in spite of all of our differences? As he lifts up the Catholic spirit, he asks this question. And this, this right here is some great wisdom of Wesley. He says, though we can't think alike, may we not love alike? Though we can't think alike, may we not love alike? Now, Wesley, being the practical man that he was, we are called Methodists after all. There is a method to what we do. He let that question sit for just a moment before offering up his own answer. He asked, though we can't think alike, may we not love alike? Without all doubt, we may. Without all doubt, we may. We may love alike, even and especially even when we don't think alike. And so instead of spending our time arguing about these particular elements of the faith, elements that are open for interpretation and different understandings, might we recognize that we are still together called to be a people of love. So Wesley goes on in his sermon to provide his listeners with a list of questions to kind of test themselves on where they stand on loving alike. Are their hearts right with God and are their hearts right with each other? And so he gives them a little, a little quiz, right? He starts by asking, he starts kind of on the easy side, right? Do you believe in God and God's character? Do you believe in who God is, that as 1 John says, God is love? Can we all agree on that? Yes, good. Second question, do you believe in Jesus and put your faith in him? Yes, that's essential to who we are as Christians, right? That we believe in Jesus and we put our faith in him and who he was and how he lived, how he died, and that he was raised and giving us the promise of eternal life. Okay, we believe in God. We believe in Jesus. This next question, now he's getting, getting a little deeper on us. Is your faith filled with the energy of love? I love that question. Is your faith filled with the energy of love? All of us, I believe, have a faith that has some kind of energy, right? Something that keeps it stirred up. And Wesley wants that energy to be love. Then he asks, are you employed in the doing of the will of God? That one's going to require a little more thinking, right? <laughs> Am I employed in doing the will of God is what I do each and every day of my life Lining up with the will of God. Well, to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, 
Hope we can answer yes. All right, now he's starting to meddle a little bit in his next question. Is your heart right toward your neighbor? And he even says this, I love this. Do your bowels yearn over them? Thanks, Wesley. Thank you for that wonderful image. Is your heart right towards your neighbor? Do your bowels even yearn for them? What is our relationship with our neighbor? Does our heart yearn for them? And then his final question. Do you show your love by your works? We know, Wesley knew, that our faith is not about works righteousness, right? There's nothing we can do to earn God's love. But our faith inspires us, compels us to share God's love. This love that we freely receive, we then give and show. So do our works show God's love. So if you were to take the Wesley exam, how might you do? Is your heart aligned with God and is your heart aligned with each other? Are we willing to not just approve of loving God and loving each other, but are we willing to actually practice it? That even though we can't think alike, may we not love alike? It's been interesting as I've been thinking about this sermon and, and the wisdom that I've gleaned from Wesley. I've seen examples of it pop up in, uh, in popular culture. Just recently, a picture kind of made its rounds on social media. Do you recognize this one? Ellen DeGeneres sitting with former President George W. Bush. They were both at a Dallas Cowboys football game, sitting together, I'm sure, in the very nice suite somewhere <laughs> at the stadium. But Ellen got a lot of harsh feedback on this. Two people who have very, very different political views, sitting together, talking together, laughing together. And so Ellen addressed this, and she said this. She said, I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think that we've forgotten that that's okay that we're all different. Just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't only mean the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone. Maybe a little gospel according to Ellen. <laughs> and then this video popped up on, on my uh, social media as well. Take a look here.
we're seeing here is a women's soccer game match that's happening in the country of Jordan. One of the players was wearing a hijab and her hijab started to slip as she was playing. The opposing team, the opposing team recognized that her hijab was slipping, that she was trying to bend over and cover it, as was her belief, as is her understanding that it needed to remain covered. And so they surrounded her so that she could take the time to cover, to replace the hijab, and then get back on with the match. Now again, we're not here to argue about that belief system and all that it entails, but to say, though they did not think alike, right, she was the only one with the hijab on, the opposing team did not have them, they recognized that this moment, this moment called for some love and kindness to surround this woman. Now, if this command to love, to love as God loves, to love God and love neighbor, if that is so essential to who we are as Christians, then, oh, I want us to be the ones that are showing the world what it's all about, right? We can point to these other examples, but shouldn't we as the church be able to come together and say, though we don't think alike, not any one of us in this room would think alike on every issue. May we not all love alike. And so on this All Saints Day, as we celebrate the communion of saints that have gone before us, I was thinking about some of the saints of our church and how they lived and embodied this call to love alike. I thought about Bill Gant. Bill Gant, who uh, worked at Lockheed for a number of years, and at his retirement party at Lockheed, one of his uh, co-workers came up to a family member and said this, Bill was the most honest man I knew. Everyone else was looking out for themselves, but not Bill. Bill was one willing to go the extra mile, to reach out, to not see competition in the workplace, but teamwork and lifting each other up. He had an amazing combination of, of skill and character that came together and illustrated love. In between his work that he did at Lockheed, he was a master electrician. And he would perform you know, electrical duties in houses across Marietta. And he was a master at it. And he could have charged whatever he wanted to for the work that he did. But so often, the work that he did was paid with just a handshake and a smile. And he lit up Marietta, not just with his electrical work, but with the way that he lived his life. So I'm grateful 
for the life and the legacy of the saint of our church, Bill Gant. Thought also about Marlene Bishop. You see, it didn't matter much to, to Marlene who you were or where you were from. If she met you, she wanted to get to know you. If you had a story to tell, she was there willing to listen and she would engage with you, no strings attached. From the clerk at the Publix who one day recognized Marlene's daughter coming through the line and she looked at Marlene's daughter and said, are you, are you related to Marlene? She said, well, yes, that's my mother. She said, I have to tell you what your mother did for me. You see, she was here in Publix one day and she was checking out and she was asking me how I was and I was having a bad day and I needed to go to the doctor. I just didn't know how I was going to be able to afford it. Your mother paid for me to go to the doctor. Marlene and Joe, her husband, frequented kind of the same restaurants. You know, they had their Monday restaurant, their Tuesday restaurant, their Wednesday restaurant. And got to know the, the waitresses and the waiters at each one. And each one would receive a birthday card every year. Each one would receive prayers for family members. Each one would receive a, a relationship of love and care from this woman who just happened to sit in their section at a restaurant. I love this story about Marlene that she used to teach kindergarten Sunday school here at the church. And one Sunday morning, they were passing their little offering basket around the kindergarten class and each child kind of threw in their nickel or their dime or their quarter. But one little boy, one little boy threw in a $5 bill. And Marlene just couldn't help herself. She said to him, now where did you get all that money for your offering today. The little boy looked at her and then pointed over at a purse in the corner. <laughs> I got it from there. It was Marlene's purse. She had left it open and the little boy had seen the money sticking out. <laughs> All she could do was smile and laugh and remember to zip up her pocketbook next week in Sunday school. But an expression of love in every way with every person she encountered. And so today we think about the saints in our lives, those who have shown us what it is to love. Those who we may didn't always agree with. Who we had different understandings of life, of church, of faith, of politics, of whatever it may be. And yet we found a way that even though we didn't think alike, together, we loved alike. So let that be our call from the saints who have gone before us that we might live out this life. 
that though we may not think alike, may we not love alike? Without a doubt, we may. Will you pray with me? A holy and gracious God, Lord, for the gift of the saints, we are grateful for the ways that the lives of others have influenced us in our understanding of, of love and of grace. We give thanks. God, we pray that in this world, in this world that has so many divisions, so many things and topics and ideas that seek to divide us, we might come together as your people and say that, yes, we can disagree on so many things, but if we will all agree that you are love and that we are called to love, then nothing, nothing will ever be able to tear us down. Help us to live this great wisdom of Wesley. That though we can't think alike, may we love alike. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.